0: what is going on everyone this is zach back here with another episode of clutch crew sports and here in today's episode we are going to give a recap of the nfl's wild card weekend in particular we're going to be talking about the teams that lost and some big questions that remain ahead for the losers (laughs) and then we're going to take a look forward to the divisional round matchups and kind of do our regular previews and score predictions for each of the divisional round matchups. So. With that being said, it's going to be a lot of fun. And now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew.
1: What's going on, guys? It is Connor, the co host with The Most. And, you know, I had a pretty good wild card weekend, other than the Steelers, you know, getting blown out. But I don't even, unless you're like a super truly biased Steelers fan, I'm pretty sure we all saw that one coming. Uh, but I, you know, I went five of six on my predictions this week. So it was pretty good all around. And I'm enjoying, uh, you know, right now, I, before coming on, the Hurricanes are playing the Boston Bruins and are winning 5-1 at the moment, so, you know, let's go Canes.
2: And what's up, guys? It's Nate here. It's been a few weeks since I've been on with, um, like, finals and the holidays and everything got kind of crazy, but I'm glad to be back. I'm excited to talk about all the games from this weekend. Um, obviously, the Pats didn't uh, – wasn't a very fun game for them, but um, – yeah, you know, looking forward to talking about everything that went on and glad to be back.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think some viewers and stuff might be wondering what happened to Nate. It's been so long. Uh but Nate is back for the playoffs of course. He, you know, had a busy schedule, so no problem with Nate being out of the lineup and he's back here with for, with the uh with the NFL playoffs to talk about. So, let's go ahead and get started, guys, and talk about the three AFC team losers in the playoffs this week. So those losing teams, which just so happens that two of them, the Steelers and Patriots, are Connor and Nate's favorite team. So kinda good that it works out for this discussion. I know they didn't want it to be like this, but um they will they will definitely have some knowledge talking about their teams. And then I will talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. So Let's start first things first, guys, with the Steelers. Now, Big Ben is going to retire. It's pretty much a done deal at this point. He's played his last game now with the Steelers, but there's a big question there. Who's going to be, you know, life after Big Ben, essentially? Who is going to be the next quarterback for 2022, at least? That's the question, because um, the longer you go down You know, the higher chance is going to be some rookie QB. But for this next season, anyways, who do we think the next starting quarterback will be? Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, somebody else, a rookie. Connor, fill
1: us in on what you think it's going to be like. Yeah, so obviously, you know, it's impossible to replace a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, you know future first ballot hall of famer you know led the team to so many wins is top five top 10 in almost every single passing category in NFL history but you know to me I honestly don't think it's gonna be one of the at least I don't want it to be one of the guys on the roster right now I know like this article snippet that you pulled out says that all signs are pointing to Mason Rudolph I know Deontay Johnson actually came out and said something like he sees a lot in Mason Rudolph but The problem with Mason Rudolph, obviously, is that, you know, he's had his opportunities to play and he's looked really bad for the most part in all of them. Like he won a couple games that year when Roethlisberger was out for the whole season, but then, you know, he started, you know, losing again. He had to trade time with Devlin Hodges. He got hit in the head by a helmet from Miles Garrett. Like, you know, all this stuff happened in that time. And, you know, he really just hasn't improved at all in the time that he's been here. You'd think playing underneath, a veteran quarterback like Roethlisberger would, you know, give you that time to develop. And he hasn't really shown any strides. Um, and, And then obviously we also have Dwayne Haskins who with him, it's just, we haven't seen anything of him in this offense. Like we obviously saw how he played when he was with Washington, which wasn't very good, but you know, this is a different offense, a different team. And we really haven't gotten to see any of him at all in the regular season. Like he played in the preseason a little bit and looked okay at times, but preseason is just preseason. Like it doesn't mean anything. So Um, if I have to guess, though, for me, you know, I think it's going to end up being we're going to draft someone and that's going to start this year because, you know, the Steelers, they're going to be in that kind of like high 20s area and the draft and the quarterback class this year is not strong. So there's not going to be a lot of teams, you know, like last year when there was all these quarterbacks taken early in the draft. You know, that's not going to be the case this year. Kenny Pickett will probably get taken pretty early. But after that, like the talent level and the draft grade for these guys goes down quite a bit. You know, you've got guys like Matt Corral and Desmond Ritter that are going to be entering the draft. And and Sam Howell is going to be entering the draft officially. So, you know, it's just there's going to be quarterback talent there, in my opinion, at that 20, you know, 21, 22 or whatever spot they're going to be at. And I think they're going to take advantage of that because, you know, like I said, you're not going to have all these teams that are going to be going and drafting quarterbacks in the top 10 picks this year because it's just not worth the pick this year like it was last year when you had, you know, Lawrence and Fields and Mac Jones and all those guys in the quarterback class. So I think it's going to end up being a drafty. you know, I would like if we could go out and get someone like a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers in free agency. But unfortunately, you know, all that kind of was hyping up when... You know, kind of like the middle to middle to late part of the season. But now, you know, there's all this stuff coming out. Looks like Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's on his way to another MVP award. He's probably going to end up staying in Green Bay just because he'll be able to really dictate like what he wants from the franchise. And of course, they're going to give it to him because he's Aaron Rodgers. Um, and then also, it kind of sounds like Russell Wilson's kind of like calmed down about his wanting to go other places. And well, in all likelihood, looks like he's going to return to Seattle. So, That really only leaves kind of, like, the free agents that we had last year at QB, which is guys like Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston and, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, guys who, you know, I really don't think the Steelers want to go out and sign. So, um, in my opinion, I think it is going to be, like, I think Rudolph will probably get a couple games to start the season just so that whatever rookie we end up drafting, you know, can at least have some time to get ready, but I definitely think by, you know, week three, week four, week five, uh, it's going to be whatever rookie we draft that's going to take over at QB for the year and hopefully for the future. All right.
0: Interesting stuff there from Connor, the Steelers guy, uh, Nate, let's go over to you now um, and talk about your Patriots team. So definitely was a up and down season for the Patriots, uh, but. What do you think went wrong the most with this team uh, in the final game here against Buffalo? And what do you think they need to do to improve the most going into next season?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I think, like I said, it was an up and down season. I think uh, Mac Jones impressed me a lot more than I expected him to. I think he looked, he wasn't amazing, but he looked very good for a rookie better than I thought he would do. And I think, um, with his maturity, he's going to take another step forward next year. But I think it was kind of up and down because they we are breaking in a young guy. They couldn't necessarily do everything they wanted on offense, and um, they had all those free agents come in, and they're kind of getting everyone like situated and all that. Um, but I think that I don't know that so much necessarily went wrong in the um, game versus the Bills as much as they really just got um, outplayed and outcoached. I mean, it kind of started with that um, pick that Mac threw to um, who is that now? A Poyer or whatever oh, in the like end a Hyde. zone? A oh, Micah Hyde. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a basically a perfectly thrown ball. He just made a great play on it, and then you know took seven points off the board, and the Bills went and scored, and that kind of got things. That's sort where of things started to get ugly there. Um, but it was really just concerning the way they couldn't stop the run. Um, that's kind of had been a pretty. Um, strong unit of the team all year and it's kind of something that has always been a big part of Belichick defenses so I don't know whether to chalk that up to just a bad game plan versus the Bills or um, bad coaching or personnel or what Um, because for the most part they're pretty healthy too so I think going into um 2022 that that blowout loss doesn't really um concern me too much um I didn't expect them to be contending for a Super Bowl or anything this year. I think the Bills um, on paper still have more talent on their roster. Um, so I, I don't think that says too much about next year's expectations. I just think that they've got to um, really keep working on getting those new guys from last year integrated. Uh, most of them have made a pretty decent impact so far, but I think um, the biggest thing is for Mac Jones to take a step forward. And from the try and get some more um, offensive playmakers in the draft. Um, I think the receivers they got last year are solid, but they've always been number two guys in every team they've been on. I think if they could find a real number one receiver now that Nikhil Harry's basically um, confirmed he was a bust, um, that would go a long way. And then um, I'd like to see more consistency, consistency out of the defense next year. Um, and that was also kind of a reason they are up and down so much. Some games they like really dominated, and then other games like we saw on on a Saturday they they didn't. Um, so I think um, there's people that are kind of like already writing off like, oh, is Belichick washed? Is you know um, all that kind of stuff? And that's probably what's going to be all off season on uh, first take and all that. But I think it's not time to panic yet. I think I'll we'll see how their offseason off season goes, uh, who they can bring in, and all that. But. Um, yeah, I don't want to say there's like a big, like, glaring, you know, one single issue needs to be addressed. It's kind of just like they got to regroup and, um, I guess go to next year and take a step forward as an entire team.
0: All
1: right. Yeah. That's I mean, a, that's Walter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I will say this too for, for, you know, Belichick's, like, all the people saying that Belichick is, like, if anyone's saying he's watched, like, they're completely wrong. I mean, like, I think in my mind, what he was able to do with this team, you know, being basically a brand new team, they went out and spent all this money in free agency and revamped the entire team, you know, a a rookie quarterback, you know, all this stuff just to be able to, you know, get to where they were, have a chance all season to win the division when a lot of people didn't really give them a chance to do that. And, you know. In the end, like you said, they just lost to a better team. You know, the Bills are established now; they're one of the top teams in the AFC. So, I, I mean, I applaud Belichick for what he did this year. So, you know, if anyone's saying he's washed, then they're wrong. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and there's no real one specific thing, too. I think Nate um, made a lot of good points. Speed would be one thing I think really that they need to get better on. But, uh, but yeah, definitely sometimes the way they play, you know leads to success as well like the but anyways um let me go ahead now and talk about the Las Vegas Raiders uh who lost to the Bengals on Saturday and they lost in a controversial way maybe down at the end there last second Derek Carr with a chance to win uh and he throws interception and seals the fate for the Raiders and they still haven't won a playoff game uh, dating back to the season that they that they were in the Super Bowl way back then, so uh, the Raiders still looking for that postseason success. And the big question with them now is about Rick uh, Bisaccia. I, I don't know how you really say his name, but um, he was their interim head coach, as everybody knows when uh, when John Gruden quit or you know he left, but you know. Fired, resigned, whatever you want to say. He, he left the team. Um, now, the recent news about the Raiders that's pretty big is Mike Mayock is out as the GM, which really doesn't bode well for Rick uh, to remain the head coach after, you know, being the interim coach most of the season. And personally, I agree with the Mayock decision, but I think they should. Probably keep Rick, um, based on how good he did with this team navigating the season. So many, so many things happened to the Raiders this year. I mean, you have the whole Henry Ruggs situation there, you have the John Gruden situation, uh, you have the crazy win streaks and loss streaks that they had playing in the AFC West, you know, against very tough competition with three other good teams in that division. And I think Rick was able to to really keep the team steady. And one of the things, too, that I sometimes forget being like a super fan of the NFL and stuff is in a head coach, you really don't need to have a brilliant play caller, a great offensive mind or a great defensive calling ability. You need a leader. You need a guy that can lead the team and oversee the whole operation. And you let the coordinators do the play calling and focus specifically on the X's nose. But as a head coach, you need to be able to lead everything. You need to make sure that all systems are going and the team is playing as a unit. And I think he was able to do that. I mean, this guy's had, I think they said like 40 years or something of NFL coaching experience. He's been everywhere. He's done everything. And this is the first time he's ever had a chance to be a head coach. And I think he did pretty well. I think he did a deserving enough job to stay, um, stay the head coach. The problem is, though, is for him anyways, they're going to bring in a new general manager. And that general manager is probably going to want his own guy as the head coach, whoever that's going to be. So I don't think it bodes well for him. I do agree with the Mayock firing though because he was tied to Gruden and you got to get all that all the Gruden stuff gone from the team now and uh, people will criticize him as a GM but I, I have heard stuff floating around that uh Mayock he didn't want to draft Cleveland Farrell back in 2019 he he wanted to draft uh, Devin White and apparently a lot of the you know draft picks were made because of John Gruden and not because of him. He had different opinions, and I, I understand that. That, but you know, this business, you know, GMs and coaches, in my mind, they, they should go hand in hand. If one goes, the other goes. So John's gone now, Mayock's gone, and it'll be interesting to see what the Raiders do. But I guarantee you, if they don't keep Rick and they do with and they do a new head coach next year, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs again. Um, That's just me, though. And let's go ahead now, guys, and flip to the NFC teams to talk about the NFC
1: wildcard weekend. Yeah. And I will will say really quick to your thing about Passaccia as well, um, that, like, he – the big thing, I think, for him, like, I know you said it it doesn't bode well for him, but, like, from what I've been reading, like, the players want him to come back. Like, the players really want him to be – Named the new head coach, so I think that's one thing that is going to help him a lot because you know you have to you got to appease your players. Like if you, if they want a head coach, then you know you almost have to give it to them because otherwise you know now your morale is going to go down and all this other stuff. So I think that really is going to help him that they they want him to stay, and I definitely agree with you that if they you know, let go of him and bring in a new head coach that they'll probably miss the playoffs, especially with the way the AFC West is. Like, it's just too tough for them if they go through a whole regime change. Definitely, definitely. All right, so with the NFC teams
0: now, let's go ahead and talk about the Dallas Cowboys. What a game that was against the 49ers, and there were so many things, so many, you know, stuff going on after the game talking about how the Cowboys lost the game, what it was, penalties, coaching, players, everything. Connor, what do you lay the blame for with this team? Because coming into the playoffs, you know, on offense, they were number one in all these categories on offense. They were so good. Everyone was talking about how good this offense is, how good the defense has been. All these statistical things are great at, but they end up falling flat and lose in the wild card round. So what do you place the blame on here?
1: Uh, if I have to place the biggest blame in this game, it has to be on the coaching for me. Like, it has to fall on Mike McCarthy and the coaching staff. I think you know, my basically, first of all, going to, you know, the discipline problems in this game. I mean, discipline 100% goes back to the head coach. I mean, and it's something that I know, obviously, Bruce Arians is a good coach, but it's something that's always been a worrisome thing, for, I'm sure, for Tampa Bay fans, how many penalties they usually take, and that goes back to Arians. Just like here in Dallas, it goes back to Mike McCarthy. You know, they had a lot of costly penalties in that game that really held them back, really was what lost the game for them in uh, some ways, not always, but in some ways. And like I said, it goes back to the head coach. I can use Buffalo as a good example for as it goes back to the head coach, because, you know... Buffalo when Rex Ryan was the head coach they were you know they were the most penalized team in the league they were kind of like how Dallas was in that game or how Tampa Bay's been the last couple of years they were the most penalized team in the league and it really held them back and as soon as they got rid of Rex Ryan and Sean McDermott came in all that changed Sean McDermott is a no was a no BS kind of coach you know he got rid of all the you know, entertainment stuff they had in like the locker rooms and stuff, you know, basically like a work for first mentality and focus mentality. And Sean McDermott changed the culture in Buffalo. And now they're one of the least penalized teams. So it cut. So that's the first hit on the coaching staff. Also, I think just the game plan that Kellen Moore was putting out on offense. Like there were some plays in that game where I was just like, what in the world are they doing? Like, you know, they, they got away from the run game super early which I think was a mistake, especially when you have guys like Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard back there, and also the offensive line they had, getting away from that, and then obviously the main obvious one was that quarterback draw with, like, 14 seconds left. It's like, what in the world kind of a play call was that? I mean, Dak Prescott, he ran, like, seven seconds off the clock, and then – the Cowboys players decided that they were going to try and spot the ball themselves instead of giving it to the ref. Like you should do every single time. Like you're supposed to give it to the ref because they have to touch it. And then they went to go line up and like, you know, cause they placed the ball and the ref couldn't get to the ball because they blocked him off from it. And then they lost the game. So that was very questionable. And, you know, the Cowboys, they just, I think they also came into this game really, I don't know. They, I think they really underestimated the 49ers from looking at how they played as well. You know, you can get up on your high horse of like, oh, you know, we're so good. Like Zach said, they were number one on offense in all these categories coming into this game. And, you know, the 49ers defense just gave him a big reality check. And even without Nick Bosa for half the game, they still were able to get to Dak Prescott, make him uncomfortable. Prescott was not making the throws like he usually makes. and it's just a big coaching issue, in my opinion. I think the team probably played as well as they could have against what they were going against. You know, they obviously played more f- flat, but it comes back to the game plan and the coaching, and it comes back to, you know, some changes are going to have to be made. Unfortunately, I don't see them firing Mike McCarthy, even though I think they should. Um, I don't think they will, but, you know, there's going to have to be some changes in Dallas for sure in the off season coming up. Mm-hmm. All right. Next, let's go ahead and talk about
0: the Arizona Cardinals and their finish. So they were recently eliminated on Monday night to the Rams uh, in that wild card game. And it was a very convincing loss. I mean, this wasn't nearly as close as the Cowboys 49ers game was. Uh, So really bad end of the season happened to the Cardinals here. And it's definitely leaving a lot of people wondering, you know, is this a one-off for the Cardinals? Are they going to go back to being at the bottom of the NFC West? You know, potentially if Russell Wilson comes back and now we see the Rams and 49ers still going in the in the playoffs right now. So, Nate, I want to ask you what I, – I know I, these are kind of general questions, but what do you think the Cardinals need to do to keep staying competitive in this division? You know, they have the quarterback, they have weapons on offense. Uh, is it offensive line? Is it defense? Is it coaching? What do you think would be the best thing to change?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think a little bit of everything you just mentioned would help the Cardinals. I think it's just tough to be uh, in that division with, um, obviously, a team like the Rams. Um, they already had a stack roster coming into the year, and then they added guys like uh, Odell and Von Miller. And um, it's just, it's hard to get with that kind of talent, even for a team that's very strong and talented like the Cardinals are. Uh, and then that's not even mention that uh, the 49ers are also a playoff team out of that division. Um, so it's just, it's a, it takes a lot to stay up there. And I think kind of like everything you just mentioned, uh, need to address this offseason. Like O line, um, sure, Kyler is. <clears throat> A super mobile guy he's probably one of the best athletes at the position right now but he also shouldn't have to do that much um create that much on his own he should have more help to not have you know a, a d-line with uh, Aaron Donald and Bon Miller um you know you don't want those guys come at him every single play and make him have to scramble and do all that crazy stuff so I think that's definitely um should be there first um Priority this offseason to um, keep Kyler upright, and then yeah, like you mentioned, the defense—they um, got J.J. Watt back um, for the game last night. Um, he really, you know, didn't make too much of a difference. Um, he was a big signing last year, but he is getting old. He's been hurt basically all of the last um, few years. He's missed at least some time. Um, I don't think that he's gonna cut it. And my big Chandler Jones fan, but he is also getting. Um, up there in age, he looked fine this year, but um, I think they really do need to address that defense um, again. Because your whole thing playing out west is you got to keep up with the Rams. That's really all it comes down to is you can't beat them. Um, you know, if you lose them twice a year, you're already behind the eight balls in terms of making the playoffs and Super Bowl. So it's really just they got to reload on defense, um, add some more pieces on offense. Um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is great, but again, it's like A.J. Green's the other guy who had kind of a, a little bit of a comeback this year, but he's also old. I think that's really kind of a, a theme there with the Cardinals. They've got a ton of, like, talent, like, guys you look at, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, he's a great player, but they're getting towards the end of their um, time being productive, I feel like. So I think um, just across the roster, they've got to be aggressive and draft well and, um, do you know, be smart in free agency and kind of um, – Just upgrade everywhere. I think your coaching is – I didn't watch a ton of the game. Um, I came back in the second half and it was already kind of out of hand. I think their coaching is not, like, terrible. I think better players could help that. But I think really the the main thing is the roster because, again, it's like you've seen it with all those quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers and recently is big-time quarterbacks when their team is not, you know, helping them get in in a position to make the Super Bowl um and all that they they kind of been for trades and want to get out of town and I think it's huge to keep um a guy like Kyler in Arizona as well so I think that, that for me the biggest thing is the roster I think just um they're right there but it's just the Rams and uh the Bucks are just you know on paper they're just more talented and, uh if you're gonna win the NFC right now you've got to really go all in I think
0: yeah, for their um, O-line, definitely, I saw needs improvement and as well as the defense, too. So definitely lots of areas that the Cardinals need to improve in. They were so good at the start of the year, but for whatever reason, teams caught on to them, and they really need to make those adjustments and get better personnel, I think, for next season to, to compete. Or they just have to hope these other teams start to look worse. But, you know, we have no, no proof that yet um and the in the NFC but next up on this list here is going to be the last team we'll talk about for the uh, the playoff um loser segment and that's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles they lost handily to the buccaneers it was basically over midway through the third quarter and you know they were talking about starting Gardner Minshew in the fourth quarter that's how bad it was was going for hurts in the offense but they did manage to pick it up at the end i don't know if that was just the bucks kind of letting off the gas or if it was you know finally them having some success against that tough defense but jalen hurts and the eagles really struggled and the big question dilemma thing that eagles fans are going to be talking about all offseason is they have three first round picks in this year's draft and Jalen hurts is their starting quarterback right here. He's obviously their guy, but they didn't spend a first round pick on him. They don't have this huge investment in him. And yeah, he was able to beat out Carson Wentz this year, but as we saw Carson Wentz with another team, that wasn't that hard to do really. So with Eagles fans, I think it's 50, 50 with them believing in hurts, you know, there's some Eagles fans that are like, yeah, we love Hertz. Hertz is the guy. He, he's so great. He can run everywhere. And then there's the other 50% of the Eagles fan base that's like, he sucks. Like, we need a new quarterback. I think anyway. So where do I fall on this list? Um I think I don't think Hurts is gonna be all that good, honestly. I think I think a comparable player that I would call hurts to is would be like teddy bridgewater um or cam newton after his mvp season you know post injuries cam newton someone like that i think they're a good enough quarterback to start for you but they're not going to be a great quarterback to um to take your team to the super bowl or anything like that that's the thing i fear with hurts He's a tremendous athlete, but as a quarterback, I just don't see him. Another comparison, people say he's a let he's like a Walmart version of Lamar Jackson, you know, like a lesser version of Lamar. <laughs> and I, I agree with that as well. I mean, I I think he's not gonna be as good as those as that kind of quarterback. But what really stood out to me though is you know, the drops on this team, like Jalen Rieger my God, that guy is so bad. Like I know Eagles fans were hard on him, but after watching it, after watching him playing that game, I can, I fully understand why they are hard on him and the, the offensive line was bad. They got, you know, I just saw, you know, plays where they just got shoved to the ground by the defense and yeah, they, the Eagles need some help, but I, I'm not going to overreact to this and say, you know, Hertz is done. I think, a real interesting thing with, to do here is use these three picks on players that can help Hertz and help this team out, and see what happens. If, if they do get better than this, than what happened this year, great. I personally don't think that's going to happen, but I think Hertz showed enough to where they they could do that. And in a draft with with you know not great QBs, I think it's okay for them to wait on a quarterback this year. Give Hertz another year see how things go and and really get some help because you know they honestly they need they need another receiver and even though they've taken back-to-back years of receivers Rieger is a certified bust Devonte Smith was good at points in the year but kind of got you know lost out there so I think another good receiver for the Eagles is what they need maybe uh, an offensive lineman and maybe a defensive guy like a pass rusher is what you should spend those three picks on. But um but yeah, that's that's gonna wrap up our talk about the Eagles now and about all the playoff losing teams. And get to the winners. <laughs> yeah, let's get to the winners here. You know, finally getting to the to the real playoff. Those, those, those other teams are
1: losers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh the first uh let me try and Okay, yeah. the first matchup that we're going to talk about is going to be the 49ers and Packers here. A rematch of the NFC Championship game from two years ago where the 49ers won in San Francisco. You know, same quarterbacks uh, playing here. Jimmy G and Aaron Rodgers rematch this time. Sorry, this time, however, is going to be in Lambeau. So the Packers will have that home field advantage for this. However, you know, I'm I'm on record for, you know, picking against the Packers basically in every matchup in the playoffs since we've done this podcast probably. <laughs> and this, this is going to be no exception. I, if, if the Rams were playing the Packers, I probably would pick the Packers, but I just do not like this matchup at all for Green Bay. I think what's going to happen is the 49ers are going to be able to run the ball. They're going to they're going to do a very 49ers like game plan and and just scheme run run all over the Packers. I think that's they're just they're just that's their offense. They just do that so well and I see them being able to do it well against the Packers as well. They have all these guys that can rush the football and then I think Jimmy G will make some plays. I mean Debo Samuel is just so good. I, I think he's arguably, you know, can be more dynamic and do more things definitely than Devontae Adams, even for the, for the uh, Packers. So all these things great for the 49ers. And I'm still just, I, I know you can only play who you can play, but the Packers, you know, the wins and stuff they have, they just don't impress me as much. I mean, I, I I just think they play very safe football, you know, play not to lose at times. And I don't know. I I just have a feeling Green Bay in the playoffs. I mean, they're going to lose. It's what they do every year. They make the playoffs every year, but they lose before they make the Super Bowl. I think this is what a trend that keeps on occurring. And I will have the 49ers winning with a score of 28 to Green Bay's. 22. Um, Connor, what about you though? What do you think in this game?
1: Yeah. So the problem for me with the 49ers is obviously the most glaring problem that you know everyone knows, and that's Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo was pretty single-handedly the reason why the Cowboys were able to get back into that game against them. Like the Niners were dominating, and then Jimmy G had a couple picks that he threw that really got the Cowboys back into the game and gave them, you know, life in that game. And Jimmy G, like, he's just not good. I mean, this is, it should be his last year in San Francisco. I mean, obviously if they go further in the playoffs, they'll keep him around, but this should be his last season in San Francisco, you know, time to see what Trey Lance can do as a full-time starter. You know, they spent the number three pick on him to get him. So you might as well, you know, put that investment to work. Um, but the other thing for San Francisco that concerns me is just they're banged up coming into this game. Like, you know, speaking of Jimmy G, he's got some shoulder problems that he's dealing with. Nick Bosa obviously left the game in concussion protocol last week. They say that they're optimistic that he'll play, but who knows Fred Warner, their main run defense guy, you know, the captain of that defense, he got hurt in the game against Dallas late uh, with an ankle injury. So, you know, and just that defensive line for San Francisco, I think they're going to have a hard time holding up when they go against the Packers' offensive line. You know, the Packers, they have a really good offensive line. Aaron Rodgers has had another MVP-type season, you know, and I think the difference this year between past years with the Packers is that their defense is way better this year. You know, they've been able to actually hold their own on the defensive side of the ball. Rashawn Gary has been a monster getting after after the quarterback. Zadarius Smith has come back off of IR, and he's going to be playing in this game. You know, I just don't see the 49ers, you know, I don't see Devo Samuel being able to win this game all by himself on their offense. Cause he's really the only player on their offense that I trust. Uh, and, and George Kittle too. Um, I forgot about him, but like, I don't think those two guys are going to be enough to win the game on their own. And, you know, you're going to be going into Lambeau. It's going to be cold. You know, the Niners playing California, they're not used to this cold weather. And I, I think it'll be closer Like, I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I definitely think the Packers should win, um, you know, with relative ease. So I'll give it to the Packers um, and say they win 31 to 21. Nate, what about you?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Packers as well. Basically, the reasons you just said, um, they they look, the Niners look fine in the first round, but I think I passed the Cowboys. But I don't trust Jimmy G to get it done versus... Um, a well-coached, talented um, Packers team, especially with um, Aaron Rodgers on the other side. So I'm going to um, go Packers
0: 28, um, San Fran 13. All right. This will definitely be an interesting one next week when we look back on, you know, either I'm going to be really right or really wrong. Same with you guys. I was, was yeah. going to
1: say, for the record, Eric is also picking the Green Bay Packers. So yeah. Zach, I'm, I'm Zach I is I alone.
0: I'm on an island, you know, one of our favorite guests, Caleb, I'm almost hundred percent sure he's taking green Bay. So
1: what? More... Caleb taking the Packers. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> um, the next NFC matchup though, this is a rematch from earlier in the year. It's going to be the Rams and bucks. Nate, go ahead and preview this one and tell us who you got.
2: Yeah, so for me, this is probably the most interesting game of the weekend. Not no disrespect to the Bills and Chiefs, that that should be entertaining as well. But I just think these are two um, super talented um, rosters. Um, their first go round was pretty entertaining. the The Rams won somewhat comfortably, if I remember it. Uh, the Bucks kind of came back in garbage time, but um, I think this go around is going to be really interesting. It's in Tampa this time. Um, I think the Rams have added even more pieces since their last meetup. Um, OBJ has basically came right in and uh, is looking like his giant self. So I think it's going to be a really um, interesting one. I have a hard time obviously picking against um, Tom Brady, um, my favorite player of all time. I think he's done incredible things this year at his age, and I never bet against him in the playoffs, but I do think this is a very tough matchup, especially with, uh, Chris Godwin's been out for the season. Um, they get Fournette back, I believe, um, possibly this week. But I think Godwin being out, they've got some other injuries. I think on the O line and on defense. Um, I think it's going to be a tough one to get past with the Rams. That um, Rams are pretty much full strength. So um, I think it's going to be. They're not going to go down without a fight. Bucks. I think it's going to be. I think it will be close. But I'm as much as I. Hate to do this, I don't feel confident in it. I, my mind tells me that it's gonna be um, Rams 33, um,
1: Bucks 28. Wow, so, that's a shocker! Yeah, <laughs> wow. Nate is picking against Tom Brady, going on the record. Yeah, yep. we'll see how that it'll, goes. Um, it'll, it'll
2: probably go against me, but uh, just the way it just looks <laughs> so sort of shaky the last few yeah. games, but. We'll see. Yeah, you
0: said you're wrong probably, but I, I'm i going to pick the Bucs in this one. Uh, I'm not too concerned about the Rams beating them earlier in the season. You know, last year they lost to the Saints twice in the regular season, faced them in the playoffs and beat them. They lost to the Chiefs in the regular season. They beat them. So that's I, – I really think that has nothing to do with it. The bigger concern for the Bucks would be the injuries to the offensive line, but even still, with that, it's just impossible for me not to pick against Brady. And I still, when I talked about the Rams before the season ended, or before the you know after, right after the season ended and the playoffs started, I was still concerned about the Rams. I mean, people I, people will see what happened on Monday night and forget all the bad things that were going on with the Rams right before that wild card game. So I, whereas the Bucks, I really don't think there's anything bad going on. I mean, they easily handled the Eagles. They showed no signs of, you know, anything bad against the Carolina Panthers at the end of the year. So I, I think the Bucks win pretty, pretty soundly. I will say with a final score, 35 to
1: 22. Bucks win Connor. What about you? Yeah, this is definitely a tough one. You know, like Nate said, this one and the bills chiefs one, uh, are definitely going to be very interesting games. This was a tough one for me to pick. I mean, the Rams, obviously, they did get a little bit hot towards the end of the season. You know, they, like Nate said, they are at full strength. Um, the bucks, you know, I don't think it's a guarantee that Leonard Fournette comes back. Um, because I know they thought he was going to play the Eagles game, but you know, obviously he was having. They said he was still having trouble getting up to top speed. Ronald Jones is likely still going to be out. You know, Ryan Jensen and Tristan Wirfs both went down with injuries in that game. Sean Murphy Bunting is still dealing with some injury problems. Like they're just banged up all over the board. Um, but that being said, I still just don't trust the Rams. You know, they've had moments this year where it looked like you know they were supposed to be you know, all right, the Rams really are, they're going to be like this top team in the NFC, Matthew Stafford for MVP. And then you have other weeks for Matthew Stafford in the Rams look like they're the Detroit lions, you know? So they look like a reincarnation of Stafford with the lions. Um, So given that the Buccaneers are at home, I'm just going to give that to them as the advantage in this game, um, despite being banged up. And obviously, like you said, it's Tom Brady in the playoffs. It's hard to pick against him and, you know the Bucks. They have the experience of being here. You know Matthew Stafford only just now got his first playoff win on Monday night. So um, I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's going to be a close game, and I'm going to say the Buccaneers are going to win, uh, probably 28 to 27, a one point game.
0: All right, and let's go on to the AFC side of things now and talk about those two matchups, starting with. The Bengals at the Titans. The Bengals, yeah, the the Cincinnati Bengals are still in the playoffs. You know they won a playoff game. Finally, you can, you can finally text someone that the Bengals won a playoff game. <laughs> yeah, trust me, it's it's happened a lot. I I know on Twitter it was a, that was a big thing going on after they won the game. But send the send the text message. Who sent the first text message? But <laughs> uh, but they've got you know it, that's great. Beating the Raiders is great. I love Joe Burrow's confidence and his attitude after that win where they were, you know, asking him, wow, like you just finally broke the the curse or whatever, the 30-year playoff drought. Like, how does this feel to win, finally win a playoff game for this team in the city? And he was like, that's cool. But, you know, we expected to win this and we're not done. We, you know, we have b- bigger things ahead to celebrate than just one, one playoff win, which – I thought was a great attitude to have. I mean, that's Joe Burrow is one of my favorite quarterbacks uh, in the NFL. And the way he responded to those questions, that that question was great, in my opinion. But the road gets tougher as you go along in the playoffs. And they got to face the one seed, the Tennessee Titans, with Derrick Henry back. I just think the Titans are too good of a team Mm -hmm. playing at home. It's gonna be real tough for I think the Bengals to win. I hope I'm wrong, obviously in this one. This is one I'm hoping I'm wrong in, but I've watched a lot of Tennessee this year. They're very good. I think people kind of underrate them, but they have wins against the Chiefs, the bills um other you know some other good playoff teams too, so the Titans are the real deal and I think they're going to win this. I think it'll be very close, though, I will say. I'm going to say score of 30-27 to for Tennessee. The Bengals come up just short, but they make this a game. This is going to be a a very good game to watch,
1: in my opinion. Uh, Connor, what about you? What do you think happens here? Yeah, for me, like you said, the road gets tougher for Cincinnati, and this is really going to be, I think, the wake-up call for them because I think... It is interesting to me when you look at the dynamics of how Cincinnati got to the playoffs, and you know, you know, the ASC North was a close division all year long. But I don't think the ASC North was necessarily a tough division per se, or filled with tough teams. I will say because you know, normally in the past you have the Bengals and the Ravens and the Steelers all fighting it out. And I think the Bengals, when you when we really look back on it, the Bengals were the clear cut top team in that division, and they didn't really have to go through. As much um, to get here. So maybe their record is a little bit inflated, but they definitely played well against the Raiders. You know, there was some controversial officiating, you know, having flashbacks to the Patriots Jaguars early whistle sort of thing going on there. I don't know what the refs were thinking. It was like they did the wrong thing by blowing the whistle and then they followed it up by doing the wrong thing after that and calling it a touchdown. So um, needless to say, those guys won't be refing another game this postseason. But like I said, the Titans, to me, like Zach said, the Titans seem like they're for real. I mean, I think they got underrated a lot this year. I mean, it's one of those things to look at. They still got the one seed, not having Derrick Henry, having injuries to Julio Jones and A.J. Brown all year, and they're still the one seed. And now they're going to get Derrick Henry back. They're fully healthy. Um, I expect Derrick Henry to come back in a monster way. You know, this Bengals' run defense is not really that good. Like, they have a good pass rush going, but they're kind of susceptible against the run game. So I think Derrick Henry is going to have over 100 yards, two touchdowns, and the Titans are going to win it 35-28. to 28. Nate, what about you?
2: Yeah, I agree with you on the, the um, Titans. I do think that they um, are underrated. Maybe just they play um, NAPC South or – you know, Derek Henry's been out all year, so maybe they didn't get as much attention, but I think they've been kind of under the radar. And as much as I also like Joe Burrow, I think um, he's one of my favorite young players, but I do think that the Titans um, have a stronger roster, um, stronger defense, and, you know, they, they barely, the Bengals barely uh, squeaked by the Raiders last week, who are a solid team, but I think that the Titans can throw a lot more at them, especially on defense. So I think um, not going to be a high-scoring game, in my opinion, but I, I think I'm going to go Titans 24, Bengals um, 17.
0: All right, and then let's preview the final AFC uh, Divisional Round game, and that's between
1: the Bills and Chiefs. Connor, give us your insight on this one. Yeah, very, very fitting for me. I know Nate said he thinks the Rams-Bucks is going to be the best game. I think this is going to be the best game of the week, you know, and very fitting it's going to be the last game on TV. The Bills at the Chiefs, these two teams met earlier in the season. Um, I believe it was at Arrowhead earlier in the season as well, and the Bills were able to come out with a win. Now, the difference between that and now, kind of like how, you know, Zach alluded to when the Rams beat the Bucks earlier in the season. That was like week 4 or week 5 of the season. The Bills pretty handily beat them, but the Chiefs were in the middle of some weird funk that they were in uh in that part of the season where they looked like, you know, I know there was a lot of overreactions happening, you know, I even somewhat bought into it that the Chiefs had the had the potential to miss the playoffs if things didn't turn around. Um, and just wasn't looking good for them, especially since like two weeks later, they gotten crushed by the Titans. So, but the chiefs have really turned it around since that, you know, they've gone on a long winning streak to end the season. You know, they're they're only lost near the end, actually coming to the Bengals uh, in Cincinnati. But other than that, they had won every game since they had that blowout loss to the Titans, even winning against green Bay, who's the top seed in the NFC. Um, So I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he's gotten his form back. They found their offense back. You know, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are producing the way they always produce. Um, But then, of course, on the other side, you have Josh Allen and the Bills. They've really found their run game towards the end of the year, which has been really key for them. Devin Singletary's had a few good games in a row where he's gotten 80, 80 to 90 plus yards every game. You know, Josh Allen's making the right decisions. He was making some dumb interceptions in some of those games that they were losing to, like, the Jaguars and, you know, when they lost to the Buccaneers. But it seems like he's really found his game again. The Bills defense, you know, they're the number one ranked defense. But I think the difference that's going to put, you know, make the difference in this game is this is by far, it's weird to say this, but it's by far the best especially since early in the season, we didn't think this. This is the best defense that the Kansas City Chiefs have fielded in the three years that we've been doing this podcast. And it's really because they were able to make a change in the middle of the season when they were able to put Chris Jones back into the interior offensive line, rather than having him play out on the edge like they were early in the year. And credit to Steve Spagnuolo, this unit is a tough, tough unit. And Arrowhead is a tough, tough place to play in. So as much as I want the Bills to come out on top in this game, I'm going to have to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think I just trust Patrick Mahomes more in this scenario, and I trust Andy Reid. And Sean McDermott's a great coach as well, but the Chiefs just have the experience and the pedigree, and they're the home team. So I'm going to say the Kansas City Chiefs win. I'm going to say they take this win 28-24. to 24. Uh, Zach, what about you? Yeah, this is this is definitely a fascinating matchup. I remember
0: there were very high expectations for this game last year when they met in the conference championship and it ended up being kind of a dud with Kansas City, you know, winning pretty easily. I don't think that'll be the case this time again. Um, I think it's going to be a much closer game and I still have the Chiefs winning, but for the Bills, I think they'll have a great shot if they can get an early lead on the Chiefs and really keep up the pressure on Mahomes. Because, you know, the, with the Steelers game, it was looking iffy for like a quarter and a half there. And then the Chiefs all of a sudden looked invincible against a very good Steelers defense. So that's that's really what makes me, you know, concerned about picking the Bills is the Bills have a very good defense. But I know this, you know the Steelers have a good defense as well and the, the Chiefs just, you know, scored like three touchdowns in five minutes or something like that, and it's all of a sudden the game's over. And they have the capability of doing that to anybody. Like you said, the Chiefs defense got better. That It's going to be a fun matchups to watch all around the board, though. But like you said, at home in Kansas City, it's hard to pick against. Just like I said, it's hard to pick against Brady in the playoffs. It's also hard to pick against the Chiefs. That's how good they've been the last three or four years. So. I will go Chiefs with a score eh, pretty similar to what Connor said. 35-28, I think. Is that what you said? Uh, that was my score for the titans Bengals. I said 28-24 uh, for this game. 28-24, yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty good. I'll be a little different, though.
1: I'll say 28-26. Um. <laughs> Bill's going to get a two-point conversion thrown in there somewhere, a safety or something. <laughs> It might just be a lot of field goals, actually. Maybe a lot Maybe. of field goals. Not a very um, common score, 26, but, you know, it can happen. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, Nate, what about you, though? Close close off the uh, discussion here and tell us what you think happens.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be, like you guys had a really interesting game. I think it's going to be a close game, too. I mean, these teams, um, obviously, everyone knows Chiefs' offense. Um, I think the Bills have enough talent to keep up with them. They're one of the few teams. I think with you know the juice on offense to do that, and they do have a very solid defense. So, I, I mean, I hope this isn't you know my um, harder in my head here, but I'm gonna go Bills over Chiefs. Um, I just think the Chiefs have been way too up and down this year, and they've been hot lately, but I don't think it's gonna be enough to get it done. I'm gonna go um, Bills, uh, 31, uh, Chiefs, um, 24.
0: All right, so we're not all in agreement on that one as Nate is going with the Bills, but that's going to wrap up this episode, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to our coverage about all the losing teams, especially because, you know, as we go forward, the main emphasis is, of course, you know, on the Super Bowl and the games, you know, that remain ahead on the schedule. So we're going to obviously be focusing a lot on the Super Bowl and the teams that go into that. But these teams that lose, you know, they're very good teams that a lot of times are a player away or you know several players away from being being in a Super Bowl type team. And we'll see what happens next year. But it's always fun to kind of look and see what would you do different with these teams, coaching, quarterback, surrounding cast, all that sort of stuff. So hopefully, you guys enjoy listening to that. Let us know on Twitter any thoughts or suggestions going forward with future episodes. And we'll be back doing this in the same sort of format next week, talking about these losers in these games and previewing the conference championships. Until then, though, remember, be clutch. Bye. See ya. And for Eric, peace.